I don't know about you, but there are times when you have to repent for things in your heart. And as we sang that song, I was repenting in my heart because that's God purging things out of there that don't belong. And I encourage you, Pastor was talking about the same God that's in the, the mountains, is in the valley. I encourage you to know that God never leaves you nor forsakes you, that he's always there with you. But that my pastor has taught me that preparation time is never wasted time. And that as we go through the things, you can't have a testimony without a test. So as we go through these things and and the Lord and the Holy Spirit inside convicts you of things, I, I want to encourage you to embrace those. Let those things happen and feel those. And there's a difference between conviction and condemnation. And the conviction will get you to move and the condemnation gets you to freeze and stop. But let the Holy Spirit convict you. It did me. And I feel a thousand percent better already this morning. Amen. Well, I'm glad you're here today. How many of you are happy to be in the house of the Lord? Now, I ain't going to cry the whole time. I'm drying it up. But I think I've got a message for somebody here today. Actually, I think it's for more than one. And I know this because the Lord started working on something a few weeks back, and I had shared with my wife what was being impressed upon me. And when that happens, I tend to, to know that God's leading somewhere for somebody on something. And so the other day when Pastor asked me to, to, to fill in this morning and, uh, and share a word with you, I knew what the Lord had for somebody here today. So I'm, I'm, I pray that you'll get something out of it. But before we get started, let's bow our heads real quick. Because, uh, Father in heaven, God, I, I thank you, Lord. I thank you for the opportunity to be able to stand in front of your people, God, and be able to, to share the word that you've given us for, for building and edifying and encouraging us, Lord, and helping us get through these times, God. I thank you for our pastor who leads us and he, he guides us and teaches us in all truth with that. I thank you for the Holy Spirit that fills us up. And Holy Spirit, I invite you here. I want you to flood this altar today. I want your presence to be so thick that it can be cut with a knife. That anyone that's here that needs something, that that need be met today, and that they walk out never the same. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, today I want to kind of talk about how many of you have seen a show called Mythbusters? Everybody ever watch that? A guy wears a funny hat. And he's got, uh, got a big, thick mustache, and he's with another fella. And they take things that are myths or, I guess, um, theories, and they put them to the test to see if they actually hold water or not. You seen that show before? Yeah. Pretty good show. I like that. So today what I want to do is I want to take a couple of things, and I want to put it to the test of Scriptures, and I want to see if it holds water or not. How many of you are with me with that? Today we're going to be myth busters. If you've got your Bibles with you, I want you to open up and uh, go to Luke chapter 8. It's a very familiar story in the Bible. Most people know this story. Luke chapter 8. And what we're going to look at today is the myth of are we stuck where we're at? See, when I was uh, a few years back, actually before we came to this church, one of my favorite sayings, and I would always say it, is very simply, I would always say, it is what it is. Remember that, honey? I just thing would happen, come up, you know, things would, whatever. And I'd always say, ah, don't worry, it is what it is. And we just move on. And every time I said that, it was me accepting the situations and the circumstances I was in. 
And I said it for the longest time. As a matter of fact, I encouraged others to say it. Uh, shame on me, but you would come up and you 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 talk about something that was going on, and you, you and I would say, well, you know, it is what it is. Just just got to keep on keeping on. Heard that too. Shame on me, because that ain't right. That ain't right. What it is, what it is, is what God's Word says it is. What it is, what it is, and when God says that this is how it's going to be and this is how it can be, that's the reality of things. What we have done is we've settled. We look at things in our situations and we get comfortable in that situation. And in that comfort zone, we wallow in our misery. And we excuse it away. I do it. You do it. The myth is is that you are stuck where you're at. In Luke chapter 8, I'm going to start at verse 43, we see a woman here that seems to be stuck in her situation. For 12 long years, she dealt with this issue of blood. The other accounts of it say that she went to physicians and, and that she underwent some brutal stuff through the physicians to try to find a cure. And I can imagine if I'd have met her six, seven, eight years ago and she was to tell me about her situation, I would probably tell her, it is what it is. Thank goodness this woman was desperate enough that she was looking for something to get out of her current situation. And the Bible tells us that her disparity that she had was so great that a woman who's not supposed to be there pushed through and thought, if only I could just touch the hem of his garment. The Bible says, Now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years who had spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any, came from behind and touched the border of his garment. And immediately her flow of blood stopped. And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitude strong and press you. And you say, Who touched me? But Jesus said, Somebody touched me, for I perceive power going out from me. Now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said to her, Daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. See, the woman didn't take her circumstances and live in her circumstances. Now, notice she still had to deal with it. And if you notice, she went and she paid all of her money, everything she had, for physicians trying to get an answer. Do you know you're better equipped than what she is, though? Because, see, now we've got the same power inside of us that raised Jesus from the dead living inside of us. So here she is, she went to Jesus, and this was almost her last resort. Now here's what I want to tell you today. If you're going to God at the last resort, you're going about it wrong. God bless medicine. I believe in medicine. We've got a walking miracle right back here from my hip surgery replacement. I believe in it. It is from God, absolutely. But let me tell you something. If you're not going to God first to seek Him, you're missing out on what God could do in your situation. There was a couple of, uh, well, I guess it's been a few years back. I don't know how many of you were here for this, but um, we had a guest speaker come in, a guest preacher come in, and uh, they warmed up and got ready and everything else. And that night, I had not slept one iota all night long. How many of you have ever had a kidney stone? Show me a hand. Raise your hand. Been had a kidney stone. So the ones that have had it know what kind of pain I'm talking about. 
I had a kidney stone that kept me up all night long. I mean, I'm in and out the showers. I'm crying in pain, so on and so forth. And I, I am hurting, hurting. And I'm sitting there, and that morning was church. All Saturday night, Sunday morning was church time. My wife looks over, and she says, you know, honey, you could probably stay home today. I said, no, no, I can't, I can't stay home today. I can't stay home today. I, I gotta go, I gotta go to church. I gotta go, I gotta go to church. So I get up, get dressed, I come in, I see pastor and I come to him and, and I tell him, man, I am hurting. And, and I'm, I probably looked as bad as I felt. I look good now, don't I? Yeah. It's all right, y'all can say it. I looked in the mirror the other day, I did what pastor did. I said, man, I'm losing weight. I'm, I'm gonna have to buy me some new suits, man. I'm, I'm looking pretty good. But anyway, that day I didn't look that good. So I came in that morning, and uh, I told Pastor what was going on. But I said, Pastor, I'm going to stay up in the balcony. I just want to stay out the way. I'm in a lot of pain. I just want to stay out the way. Well, we started to get ready for service, and the pastor calls me down. He says, come here, boy. I love it when he calls me that. Come here, boy. Come on down here. So I come down, and, 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 and I'm waddling. <laughs> I'm waddling down the steps, and I come all the way down here to the altar. And he, he says, I can't, I can't see you suffer anymore. Let me tell you something. I had already wanted what he was going to pray for. I already knew that if I could come in here, if I could find somebody who really truly agreed with me, and they, they believe like I believe, that God is in control. God has everything that I need, which is including my miracle. But I just needed somebody to agree with me. So I waddle on down here, and he comes up, and, and, and matter of fact, it's, it's right here. I, don't, I, mean, I, won't, I won't ever forget it. He prays for me, lands, lays hands on me, and, and I'm down. And not only am I down, but I'm down just for maybe, I don't know how long it was, but to me it seemed like maybe about a minute or two. And I just, all of a sudden, a flood of white light, and I remember uh, Kenneth Hagin said one time, said a, a well man would be up already. Now, boy, I jumped up, and as I jumped up, the Holy Ghost filled me. That pain left me, and I'm going to tell you, I'm a big man. I was bigger then. I came off of here, and I remember hitting this corner. How many of you here were that day? Whoo, lots of you. I hit this corner, came off this corner like I was some kind of gazelle, running over here, and then I know I just took off, and I don't even remember seeing, but I remember running all the way around the sanctuary here and coming back and was rejoicing. Hallelujah! That's my God! Hallelujah! That kidney stone was gone. The pain was gone. It was eradicated. We didn't even have any special service that day. You know what we had? We had a move on the Holy Ghost. That's what we had. Every time you have an expectation for him, he'll move. You just got to want it. You got to want it like this woman wanted it. You got to push through. You got to look at your circumstances and say, this isn't my reality. My reality is what God has for me. Not what the devil has tried to put on me. And if we will get there every single time and we'll push through and we say, if only I could just touch the hem of his garment, I'll get what I need. Your situation won't dictate you. You'll dictate your situation. Let me tell you what happened after that. I, uh, Whoo, I felt a thousand times better. I come over here, and I sit down, and I, I sat in the chair over here, and I'm sitting there, and I said, I'm going to pass out. <laughs> I'm so tired, and I'm so relieved, I'm going to go to sleep. <laughs> and I said, I snore, so I can't go to sleep out here. I'll start snoring during service. 
So I got up and I went out and I, and I, and I walked out in the, the hallway there. I closed the doors and there's a chair sitting out there. If you haven't seen it, it's right there by that table. And I keep back in that chair and I'm telling you, I am sprawled out, man. I kept thinking, Lord, please don't let anybody come into church right now. They're going to think, what in a mess? I'm laid out back there and I really am, man. I'm, I'm, I'm dozing in and out, sleeping. And I hear all this great commotion going on in the church and I'm like, hallelujah, man. That's good. I'm about there and I'm passed out. Church gets over with, and good-meaning people came up to me and said not-so-good things. Let me tell you what people do. People have the right heart, but they don't speak right. How many of you know that you got to line up what you speak? And here's what they said. I'm praying for you, brother. Uh, who, who, you're praying for who? You, maybe, you didn't, maybe you didn't see what happened in there. I don't need your prayers. You might need to go up and get some of your own prayers. I don't, I don't need you. I pray. Oh, I, I hope, oh, I, I hope God, I hope you feel better. Did, well, did you not see me run? I mean, I, I waddled down and I ran out. Did you not see that? And you know what it does for that split second? You know what it does? It puts doubt in your mind. All of a sudden, all these good, well-meaning people. I love y'all. Y'all love me. I know this for a fact. There was no harm intended by it, but you know what? The devil used it for an opportunity to whisper in my ear. And he says, hold on now. Hold on. What do you really feel? Whoo! You sure that wasn't just your adrenaline pumping? Huh? Are you sure that maybe that didn't really happen to you? Are you sure this is this is what really took place? And for a minute there you start thinking. Now here's what the Bible tells you. It tells you to bring your thoughts under captivity. I started sitting there and I started going, uh-uh, not today. You're not taking what God has given me. You're not going to steal my joy today. You're not going to take away my healing today. You're not going to have what I have. You get back in your place, which is the pits of hell, and you leave me alone. And I started speaking that thing, and I started, yeah, man, I, I got reinvigorated. Let's go out. Let's get something to eat. Woo, I'm going home. Now, I slept like a baby that night, let me tell you something. And I woke back up the next day. I'm just going, oh, man, yeah, I'm good. Oh, no back pain. No, no walking pain. I'm feeling good. And I said, thank you, Lord. You healed me. You gave me my miracle. Now, here's what happens so often, though. As we push in like that and we have a miraculous thing happen to us, the devil tries to steal it. He, we don't allow him to. We stand in it and then move on down the road and something else happens. Another attack comes at us. How many of you know that I used to wear hearing aids here in this church? Warm every day. Every day. And I gotta be honest with you, it was okay. Because when my kids got loud, I could just take them out. <laughs> they started getting on my nerves, I'd just take them bad boys out, set them on the daily. My wife be hitting me. Do you not hear them? You do something with them kids. But I used to uh, listen to the Bible at night. Um, the hearing aids were kind of like Bluetooth. So I hooked them up to my phone, and my pastor was telling me when he was going through Bible school that he would listen to cassette tapes all night long. And, and I remember him telling me, you know, your spirit man never sleeps. That part that's been reborn never needs a break. The flesh needs a break, not the spirit. And so I started soaking that stuff in, listening to the Bible. And I remember I got into Isaiah 6 that night. Who shall I send? I've asked him every day, Lord, send me. Every day I ask him, Lord, send me. Wherever you want, wherever I can be, send me. Now, he told me I'm not going anywhere. And I'm going to tell you that. 
The Lord told me specifically, because I thought for sure I was to hit the mission field. We were trying to figure out how it was going to happen, how we could make it happen, how we get our finances in order. And God spoke to me. He said, why are you in such a hurry to go nowhere? I'm st- you stuck with me. I'm sorry, but you stuck with me. But I'm sitting there, and I'm listening to this, and I fall asleep, and I wake up the next morning, and I get ready for church, and I come on in, and we have church service, and we go out to eat, and we're sitting there at the Mexican restaurant in town, and I'm eating some El Tacos or whatever they got over there, and my wife is sitting beside me, and she looks over and says, uh, you don't have your hearing aid in. Wasn't it at dinner, or was it here? I believe it was at dinner. It was at dinner. We're sitting there. She looks over, and she said, uh, you don't have your hearing aid in. I was like, huh? Oh, What? Hold on. Oh, 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 it must have fallen out of church. Uh, hold on a second. And she said, well, why, 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 why can you hear me then? I said, well, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a really good question. And I'm not really sure, but, but I need to go back to the church because that's where my hearing aid's at. So I came back to church and I, I searched the parking lots and everything else. I get back home and this whole time I'm thinking, I don't understand. I don't understand. So I get back home and I find the hearing aids and I put them in. And you know what happens? I go deaf. I put them in and I heard worse than what I heard without them. And I thought, my goodness. It's batteries. It's the batteries. I'll change out the batteries. Put in new batteries. Put them back in. The same thing. I said, well, now I, I, I know this work. Put them up. You know, you, there was a you know, Put them up. They were working fine. But when I put them in, they were deaf. And I started thinking, I said, Lord, you restored my hearing? I didn't ask for this, God. But how good are you to do something for me? Because all I wanted to do was seek him first. The Bible tells us if we seek him first, all these things will be added unto us. I just wanted to seek him first. We were talking the other day. Those are called the overflow blessings. See, there's scripture in there. There are promises that God gives us. And those promises now, they, they are for us. And if we do this, this is what happens. But if we'll seek him first, we get these overflow blessings. Well, let me tell you, I enjoyed that hearing for a while. And then one morning I'm working on a dock and I'm driving a forklift and I hit a bump and I smack my head on top of the, the rack there. And all of a sudden it was like a light switch. I couldn't hear anymore. Gone ringing in my head and in my ears, deafness. And I, it was right back. It was reminiscent. I knew right where I was at. I went right back to what I was before that. And I thought to myself, God, I don't understand. You know, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. And, and, and I kept waiting. Lord talked to me. But you know, I never heard anything. God had already told me what to do. I needed to just obey what I had already learned. So then I started saying, okay, all right, I'm not speaking this. I learned that from my brother Roger right here. You don't speak negative, do you, brother? Even when everybody else is telling you something different, you don't speak negative. So I sat there. I said, I'm not putting these hearing aids back in. That didn't happen. Lord, I'm claiming my healing. God, thank you for restoring my healing. God, thank you for restoring my hearing. And here's what I started working on. See, God allowed me to experience something a lot of people don't. Is that I had a miraculous thing, and then I lost it, and then I was able to regain it through speaking right. See, I didn't put those hearing aids in. I didn't tell. I didn't come here. Oh, I can't believe it. God, I can't hear anymore. So on. No, 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 no. No, I started speaking right, and all of a sudden, one ear opened up, and I could hear back. Ah, oh, thank you, God. 
Thank you, Lord. I'm holding on to the other one, Lord. Thank you. I know it's coming. I know it's coming. God, I praise you for it. Thank you for it. You told me if I stand on it, Lord, it's mine. I'm claiming this back. This is my healing. You didn't give it to me for nothing else but to have for a testimony. And it took months. And finally one day, I'm telling Brother Rick this time and time, finally one day I'm sitting there, and pop, my hearing opened back up in my other ear. Restored 100%. See, let me tell you something. When things happen to us, what we need to do is we need to stick to the Word. We need to stay in the Word. God will set us free from our doubt. But here's what happens in this world. The circumstances we get in with these things come around us, and we got COVID out here, and COVID is real. I'm not putting that down at all. But, uh, but here's what happened. We get froze. We get froze in the circumstances that we think that we're in. So we ought to have something different than the world has. They've got fear. We need faith. That's the truth. You want to drive your decisions? It's not the fear, but it should be the faith. Now, I'm not telling you to, to, to make irresponsible decisions. You need to make responsible decisions. We've got a mind. God gives us common sense. Well, most of us. We've got some common sense. We can think things through. We could do things that we're supposed to be doing, right? But we don't let fear drive us. We should let our faith drive us. And don't take it like you think it ought to be. God works in his own way. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. But God can make us, uh, or God could put us in a position here that will make us see who our real Savior is. And let me tell you, it ain't the government. It ain't your president. It ain't your governor. It's your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. See, because the devil wants to use these things, and the Bible talks about oppression. You know what oppression is? Oppression is a bad, wicked spirit on you. How many of you have ever been in depression? Me? Anxiety? Stress? Those things are not of God. Not As a matter of fact, the Bible talks against all those things. And I remember uh, uh, there was a time when I couldn't see past my circumstances. And we had just started coming to church here. It wasn't too long after that. And um, I was driving into work one morning. And, and do I have time to tell this? Are y'all sure? How many, are y- am I boring you yet? Are you sure? Well, let me hear an amen or something. All right. Now you're awake. Okay. All right. See, what some of you don't know, too, about my past is I, I haven't always been the suit and tie kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> Not even close. I, run, I hung out with, with a with, with a not-so-good crowd. And I got into a lot of trouble when I was younger. And uh, I could tell you, and I'm going to share something with you, that, that, uh, <clears throat> that I hope encourages you today. But there was a point in my life when um, I was, a, uh, and I don't like the word addicted, <laughs> Because the word addicted to me kind of almost comes across as you don't have any power. You're powerless. So I don't like to use that word. But I do like to use the word stronghold. Because a stronghold you can break. A stronghold can be broken. Okay? You may not be able to break it, but it can be broken. 
And I'm going to tell you how here in just a second. But I'm sitting there, and I had a stronghold of me with drugs. And uh, I was, uh, I was telling Pastor, I was in my 20s. And I'm sitting there, and I had this piece of junk little uh, single-wide mobile home. I didn't have any furniture. I was spending all my money on cocaine. I like to drink, and I like to, to do coke. And I was doing about an eight ball of cocaine a day. So those of you who ever bought any drugs, you know what that would cost you. I spent 20-some-odd hundred dollars, I think $2,600, $2,700 in the month of February. And uh, I didn't have any furniture. I just had a, a lawn chair that unfolded with a little old television that sat on the, on the floor. I had a bed mattress without any, no framing or anything else, just a bed mattress sitting on the floor. I, had, I hardly had any food. I had a few pots of pans, and I lived in this little run-down mobile home. And, and I couldn't see how I was really living. I was so held by the fact that something had a hold of me that I didn't have a choice, or so I thought. And I'm sitting there, and, and at this time, I'm not in church. And I, I, I've got a little mirror there. It was actually a picture frame had a mirror in it. And, and I'm chopping up a line to do a line of a coat. And that's reflective. And I'm cutting that up, and I look down in that mirror, and in that second, I got to see myself. And I remember thinking, I don't want to be like this. Now, here's what I want to tell you. I didn't ask God to set me free, but from that moment forward, I said, I don't want to do this. I took it into the bathroom. I cut the water on, and I, I all went down the sink. I, I stopped from that day forward. I didn't hang out with the same people anymore. I got moved onto a different shift at work because I used to do this with the people I worked with. And I got off of that, moved to a different shift. I stopped taking phone calls. I stopped hanging out with those people. And I never touched another drug from that day. Now, let me tell you. Hmm. That's God's power. Because I couldn't have done that. I'm telling you, you know why I couldn't have done that? Because I kept smoking for many more years after that with cigarettes. And cigarettes and me, we had a long battle before I finally whipped up on that one. But let me tell you, God set me free that day. Looking back, I know it was God because there's no other way that I could have been set free from that. And I think all of these things happen, all these testimonies happen so that when I sit up here and I tell you that the word of God is true, is that it is 100% true. And it's for you. And all you have to do is want it bad enough. You just got to push in hard enough. You got to say, Lord, I just want some of you to set me free. Because Jesus himself said this. In Luke chapter 4, verse 18, says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim Liberty to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. See, what you may not be as oppressed by cocaine, but you may be oppressed by depression. The devil may be oppressing you out of fear. The devil may be oppressing you out of anxiety. What's going to happen? Lord, I don't know. This and that, and you live constantly worrying about tomorrow or what's going to happen this afternoon or maybe those in your family. 
uh, your children are lost and, and you're worrying constantly about them. Let me tell you what the devil's doing. He's stealing your joy. That's what he's come for. And when Jesus said, I've come to set the captives free, that's what he's talking about. He's come to set you free from those things. But do you know the woman had to go to Jesus? You gotta go to him. You gotta run to him. The problem is, is we don't feel altars up anymore. The problem is we don't think that we have to be convicted of things anymore. We stand there and we just get comfortable in our, in our little zone that we got and, and in my bubble everything is okay, but it's really not. Because if it was being put to the test, that myth would bust. You know why? Because the devil doesn't stop. If the devil just stopped, you wouldn't have anything to worry about. If you could overcome just one, be done. But the devil keeps coming back over and over and over. And it comes back to kill, steal, and destroy. Because he doesn't want you effective for God. But here's what I want to tell you guys. Today, I'm going to wrap up here. I'm going to let you guys get to the pastor likes to say Shoney's or Hardy's or Burger King, wherever it is that you guys are going, Mexican. But I want you to know that what you need, God's got for you. But are you willing to press in? Are you willing to come up? Because, see, people looked at that woman. She wasn't supposed to be out there. Can you imagine the, the look she got as she pressed through? Can you imagine how she felt the courage it must have taken, the disparity in her, that I want things to be different than what they are right now? And she ran and she pushed in. And just the hem of a garment set her free. See, the Holy Spirit can overcome what's going on in your mind. We talk about healings. Let me tell you the greatest healing. From a guy who's experienced physical healing myself, you know what the greatest healing I've ever had? Is I don't get depressed anymore. The greatest healing that I have is that I don't live in fear anymore. The greatest healing that I have is that I don't have to worry about things anymore. And it ain't because my bank account is rolling. It ain't because my car don't break down. It ain't because I don't have people lost in my family. It's because Jesus has set me free. The weight of the world has no longer bound me up. The Holy Spirit has moved in me and Jesus has healed my mind. So this morning, as Brother Roy plays a song here, I want to invite you. Every head, every head bowed and every eye closed. I want to ask you here, first off, if you don't know Jesus, you, get, you need to get to know him. He'll set you free from these things. He'll touch your life in a way that will never be the same. And that every morning when you wake up, you won't dread the day ahead. You'll rejoice in knowing that you are victorious over it. Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. If you don't know him, I want you to lift your hand up right now. Would you accept Jesus into your heart? Change your life forever. Let him be the Lord and master of your life. And through that, see the change that happens. Years of the glory.